Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us. There were competitive games, though. They were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up. We were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Hey guys, welcome back to Pure Victory Podcast. I am your co-host, Braden Hafner. Thanks for joining us today. If you're a longtime listener, hey, thanks for being here with us and checking in on another podcast. But we so appreciate those that reach out um, and just sharing the stories and testimonies of how God's working in your life. But not only that, getting freedom and help and hope from porn and other uh, sexual issues and addictions. And if you're new, hey, thanks for checking us out. We so appreciate you listening and we're excited for you that you're reaching out in these areas as well. And just maybe finding out what this podcast is about. Maybe this is the start of your journey into recovery learning more about this to help others. Maybe you're here just because you're curious, but whatever you're at, thanks for being here. Welcome. And you might be wondering, where's Matt? <laughs> well, he's on vacation today. Uh, you know, I was just mentioned on another podcast, he leads a rough life. You know, that's pretty tough having to take vacation, but our thoughts are with him. <laughs> uh, but no, he's, I'm glad to be uh, here, even though he's on vacation. Uh, and reason why is because I got a great guest. I'm not alone. <laughs> I'm yes, here with, right. yeah, I'm here with Sean Bonito. But did I pronounce it right, Sean, your last name? You got it, man. Awesome. You nailed it. I so appreciate Sean. I actually chatted with him two years ago. He was on the Family Life Camp. Canada podcast with Neil and Cheryl, him and his wife, uh, Helena. Helen. Oh man, I think I totally you butchered. 
<laughs> okay. Elena, you nailed it. <laughs> there you go. Um, and they, they were on a couple of years ago, just sharing their journey and their story and their marriage, specifically about getting porn out of their lives and their marriage and their story around that. And listening to that, I would recommend you go back and listen to that, by the way. But what an amazing story. But we were so excited to have Sean. And it's been, it's been too long, Sean. We've been talking yeah. about having you on for years. <laughs> and here we are. So great. So 2022, yeah, it's great, yeah, <laughs> to have you on. And I'll just give a quick quick rundown of who Sean is. So he's a Christian pornography recovery coach. He has a podcast called Secret Habit Podcast. He does life coaching as well. And after quitting porn in the summer of 2017, he has now spent his life pursuing God's call to transform relationships through coaching men to find freedom from porn. And Sean spoken to tens of thousands of men and women on the topic of porn addiction, masturbation, and erectile dysfunction over the past four years here. And he is blessed to work alongside his beautiful wife, Helena. And they are so grateful to know what God has called them to do with their lives. And they are parents to their daughter, Violet, residing in beautiful Halifax, Nova Scotia. Another great, another great city that I want to check out, by the way. Yeah. And they love to go to the beach and explore uh, Canadian terrain. And being in Nova Scotia, you have ample opportunity to do that so thanks sean for being here i so appreciate you taking the time yeah man it's a privilege yeah the canadian terrain we drove across the country to move across to the east coast and followed god's calling on our life and here we are man it's awesome that's awesome you know we love story we love hearing story and in particular the this aspect of your story is something that i know you've shared a lot about but for those that haven't heard or maybe heard a little bit of your story Let's just start there. Um, You know, I know a lot of guys struggle with porn, suffer in silence for years before getting help or even before hitting that rock bottom point, right? But for you, what was kind of your story with porn use and and your your relationship to porn? And then eventually what led you to getting help? Yeah, good question, man. And that's exactly why the name of our organization is Secret Habit, because that is where it often stays for a lot of people is is in secrecy. So for me, Brad, I saw porn at around 10 years old. Really the backstory to that was grew up in a really loving home. My my mom was Catholic. My dad wanted nothing to do with it. So there was definitely a dynamic of disconnection in that area of their marriage. Uh, My my dad, around the time I saw pornography, um, just kind of fell away from being that intimate dad with me. And I was starting to feel that void in my life. My mom fell away from the church around the time I saw pornography and she started smoking and drinking at her neighbor's home. So kind of went from this really loving, engaged parental dynamic to where's mom, where's dad. I just saw what I just saw porn and it just really affected me. I felt like, does anyone see me? Does anyone love me? Does anybody care? And it really just seemed like porn started to fill those voids that I had. I remember stories where my mom saw me watching porn and said nothing. I saw my dad watching porn and just saw him doing it at nighttime in secrecy. So that's like, you know, a young boy wants to do what dad does and just kind of made created these narratives and these stories in my head that I guess that's just what men do. I guess that's just normal. So it really reinforced this thing that I had started doing as well porn it was started in magazines but it quickly moved over to the internet and i was totally hooked by 13 years old fully addicted i was watching it two three times a day with masturbation and deep down there was just this longing to be seen to be wanted to be loved and as my parents kind of further disengaged i felt that void more and more and you know i would say no to just regular things kids do like go and play sports hanging out with their friends because porn was just 
filling the voids. It was making me feel a sense of pleasure that I hadn't felt before. It was making me feel powerful. And a lot of young people don't know what they're getting themselves into. If somebody kind of told me the the deeper roots of what's going on there that I'm you know, being bonded to a screen and my, my, it's going to affect my brain neurochemistry and all these things. It's like, wow, you don't know that as a kid, it just feels good. It's easy. It's simple. You know, you, you get to a point at 15, 16, people start talking about sex and all these things. You're like, I, I had tons of acne. I ain't having sex with anybody. I couldn't even look at girls. So porn really became like my best friend. It became a soothing Advil, call it that for me, where when my body ached, I reached for an Advil. When my soul ached, I reached for pornography. And that just became normal for me. So that was really like the younger stage, the younger age, moving into the times where I graduated high school. You know, there's that pressure to start getting sexually active. I wasn't a Christian. I had no faith. So that's really what you did. Like that Friday night, that's all you really, the search was on. And that's a big part of my story is going to night clubs, going to parties, really just one with one intention was to be seen and noticed and wanted, but it was covered up with the idea of having sex deep down. The longing was for someone to say, I choose you. I want you. I find you attractive. And that was really the spiral of me getting into really toxic relationships, getting into areas that I never thought I would get into doing things that I look back and it it would be really easy to regret if I didn't have Jesus in my life. So I praise God for that, man. Um, Well, we're going to talk a little bit after about my story with erectile dysfunction, but I actually experienced that for the first time at 19 years old, super healthy dude going to the gym had a really attractive girlfriend at the time a relationship was really just about sex and i had a erectile dysfunction at 19 years old just this crazy situation that i was shocked by and it absolutely rocked me it absolutely rocked her and there's such a madness in that so i can unpack that a bit further after but that was kind of like eye-opening experience number one i'm a healthy dude who can't get an erection, something else is going on here. Second thing that happened, fast forwarding a little bit, when I met my wife, Helena, she had recently just come, came to Canada from the Czech Republic. Um, we were we had this really crazy story. We met at a library in downtown Vancouver and just kind of this fairy tale story. And we really sensed that God was doing something in between us to bring us together. And I was actually going to celebrate recovery at the time. I was a new Christian. And I remember this guy that night sharing how pornography had recently destroyed his marriage. And I just felt this deep conviction on my heart that I needed to run home, get on Zoom. Helen and I were doing a long distance relationship for six months, hop on Zoom and tell her that I was, I wish I told her what was true. I told her that I was going to recovery to get help with pornography, which made me sound really awesome when I was really just going to celebrate recovery because it was like a free meal and some decent community, but I wasn't doing the work. So she was really gracious. She was really accepting. So I didn't really feel the weight of what that meant but I brought porn into our marriage. And that's really when I started feeling the weight of what was actually going on. I went two months without relapsing in marriage, enjoying sex, being a newlywed couple, but two months into marriage, I decided, I think it was like 2 AM, went to the bathroom with my phone, watched porn and masturbated. And I'll never forget walking back to the bedroom for for the first time after watching porn, seeing my wife, this gift God has given me, and I just watched porn and masturbated. And it was a, 
a feeling I had never experienced before because that had never happened before. And I remember getting this bodily response of just burning. Like it literally felt like my body was burning in hell and I couldn't sleep. I woke up trembling. I had tears in my eyes and I had to tell her. And that was a real rock bottom moment for me that I had to tell her that I was hopelessly addicted to porn and I had no idea what to do. I was going to this recovery group, but it really wasn't working slash I wasn't committed and I was just really hopeless. So that went on for eight more months of me lying and hiding and having this secret habit. And there was a day where Helena came up to me and really asked me, Sean, what is life going to look like if you don't quit porn? We want a family. We want to have a life. What's going to happen if you never quit porn? And on the flip side, what would it look like if you did? And that was really her speaking to my soul. She wasn't just telling me it's bad. Don't do it. She was really speaking to what is life going to look like? And that just hit me really hard. That helped me start thinking a little bit differently. And it was about a month and a half later that it was my 25th birthday, August 20th, 2017. So it'll be five years of freedom in, in on August 20th, wow. which is really exciting. Yeah. But I remember that week before my birthday, I had relapsed every single day. My wife planned this beautiful beach day for my birthday. And I hated every minute of it because I hated myself and I couldn't stand this idea of living another year of my life this way, lying to God, lying to my wife, lying to myself. And I remember getting home that night and having one of those man in the mirror moments we always hear about. Right, right. And it was just like, God, I am so sick of like asking you to follow me. I just had this moment as like, I have tried everything. It doesn't work. It's because I want you to follow me. So I remember getting down on my knees and actually surrendering for the first time. And I was just, just like, a, it was almost like a baptism of the Holy spirit. It wasn't just like this miraculous thing. I'm healed for good, but it was like, wow, something feels different. And I woke up the next day feeling different. And from then on every single night, I would actually look at Helena and I would say, babe, I don't want to mess up tonight because I really feel like God wants to bless us. And I don't know where that came from other than the Holy Spirit, because what we do today is obviously part of that plan. But I remember just I had this deeper conviction that I never had before. I was already doing some of the recovery steps that I teach today, but I didn't do it while following God, surrendered to mm. God. So that was like the rock bottom moments that led to me making a decision. I just couldn't stand living another year of my life that way. And it, man, it's the best decision I ever made. I just praise the Lord that he, 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 he saw me in my deepest need and even self-hatred and wow. he loved me he lavished me with his grace and that is so phenomenal wow so that wow. just blows my mind wow that's amazing i love what you were sharing a few so many parts of that story your wife asking those questions i gave you a vision for being free we need we all need that we need a vision mm -hmm. for what this will look like if we're free and then understanding what could happen if we move keep moving in this secret habit right yeah now but the other aspect i'm really curious about is just what you're sharing about that that moment where you had a greater sense of conviction a surrender and that was really the turning point it sounds like right am i correct in that using yes. that word so what would you say if you're coaching a, a man in, or anybody in a situation similar where maybe they felt like they've had lots of moments of coming to jesus saying mm. i messed up i'm so sorry and that's happened we know that right it happens over and over and over again but what was different like i mean you fleshed out a little bit but maybe is there some other yeah. aspects to that choice that you made in that moment that was different yeah, Brad, I think 
the word trying is really killing a lot of men in recovery. Like that mm -hmm. word is not helpful because it almost means there's a plan B, which right. is falling back into our sins. So I think this trying mentality a lot of guys have is really challenging. Second thing is I don't think men are really taught how to take full ownership of what's going on, even in their lives. Like, man, like I know even for me, like if I said, if I tell my wife, I'm going to get up at 5am and go for a prayer walk. It's amazing how easy it is to get up at six, skip the prayer walk and go right to having a coffee. And it's like, we just have a culture where no one really challenges those things. So it was for me, it was this idea of like, I don't like going to bed unless I brush my teeth. There's a standard I have. So why are we all in this place where it's okay to go to bed without doing what you said you would do? So I was really convicted in a way that I'd never been before. I think it was just this idea of being sick and tired of being sick and tired where I, I literally couldn't imagine another day of my life the way I had felt that week before. And I think that's important. Like scripture says, remember, God had this direct command to us to remember as we Sabbath, as we think about the Lord, remember what he's done for us. I think it's also to, important to remember how far we've fallen and how it felt so that we never fall back to that. I was just listening to a podcast today and maybe any sports fan would know this, but Kobe Bryant, the year that he lost the finals, he took that final song that was played when the other team won and listened to it every day for two years. Wow. Every single day to motivate him to never feel the way he felt in that moment. I'm like, I think we need to, it's like kind of, it's kind of like good Friday. We need to actually feel the experience of Christ's suffering to remember how painful it was to be so grateful that we didn't have to die a sinful death. Mm. And so important that we actually feel the pain of, the consequences we've experienced before. And like, I was feeling that way. I remembered that burning in hell moment. I remembered the week before that I don't want to live like that anymore. And I just finally made that decision. But the best part about it is it wasn't on my strength anymore. It was actually like, I realized that I had been doing a lot of recovery stuff, but I wanted God to follow me in my timing, in my routine, in my agenda. But I really, for the first time, just said, God, I am an open book, like I'm following you from now on. And, and it's been amazing because from then on, we got called into doing secret habit. We got called to move across the country. We've been called into ministry. And I really think like that's kind of that Romans 12, like renew your mind and you'll discern God's will. Wow. Well, thanks for sharing that. Cause I think you really clarified the difference and um, even mentioning about how we, we really try on our own strength and often that's where we spin our wheels for years um, and we invite God to a point and that's it. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so the full surrender is really key there and allowing him to take control and, and being guided by what that process looks like instead of what you said. Um, asking God to follow our process. So yeah. I think that's that's amazing. So thanks for that clarification because so many guys, um, even that I've talked to over the years, um, that's a sticking point. They don't know what that looks like or, or even how to put yeah. words to that. So that's great. And we could talk for yeah, hours absolutely. about this. <laughs> this is such good stuff, but <laughs> totally I really good, wanted yeah. yeah, I really wanted to unpack um, kind of what we were, we were going to focus on today was uh, the erectile dysfunction because this is something that isn't really talked about. And I think often there's, sometimes there's even more shame associated with things like this um, because we associate erectile dysfunction with maybe what men go through in middle age um, based mm -hmm. on physical issues. But you experienced this as a 19-year-old, healthy, vibrant young man. And so 
I know you mentioned a little bit when you started to discover you were struggling with yeah. that, but did you actually make a connection between the fact that you had ED and your porn use? Did you make that connection? I don't remember making that connection, but I definitely remember thinking something in my life is off. Right. And the challenge is like, I wasn't part of the church yet. I didn't really have anyone in my life telling me that like I knew porn was wrong. I could feel it in my soul, but it didn't really know what it was doing to my mind, brain, and body. So I don't know if I made the connection for say, but man, I'll never forget that moment of going soft. And I thought it was all my fault and I'm a total failure. And my girlfriend thought it was all her fault and she's a total failure. And that's the madness. Is it actually, and, and that's why divorce, like two biggest reasons for divorce is money and sex. Mm, so it's true. Like yeah. They both embody the shame. Right, right. So at that point, you felt the shame. You weren't sure what was going on maybe not understanding because you, you you didn't have that personal relationship with Jesus yet. When you became a Christ follower, did that start to sink in a little bit? Maybe this is linked to, to porn use. Did that, that start at that point or was it more? Yeah, of a- I think it definitely, I, I think it was before that. I think after I had the experience with erectile dysfunction, if I remember, I would love it. I should probably go back and piece this together a bit better, but I do remember making some of the connections because it did continue to happen. Mm. And that was really scary. It was at like between 19 and basically 23 when I gave my, my life to the Lord, I, I had struggles with erectile dysfunction often. So I started making the connection for sure. And for me, like what I, what I was realizing as I unpacked that is that this isn't just about me being like a healthy testosterone filled man. Like there's some other issues going on and we can certainly unpack that now or after Brad and we can get into like what's going on there. Right. Yeah. I'd love to, let's do that. Cause I mean, I asked the question sometimes and I wanted to ask you that, but why can porn use cause some physiological issues like erectile dysfunction why can that happen yeah yeah so i keep it super simple there's some greater info from books like your brain on porn and other ones but like super simple like dopamine 101 information is like when we watch porn it's actually the anticipation of something feeling good or being arousing that we get this big rush of dopamine. And when it's from something like pornography, it's an unnatural amount of dopamine. So what actually ends up happening is our sensors are getting this overload amount of this chemical that after a while they actually begin to like atrophy almost if you can imagine like drinking too much water you start feeling sick your dopamine sensors actually start to atrophy because of too much dopamine and that's often why men start watching more grotesque pornography or more risky pornography or they go into living out what they're watching because they need higher doses of dopamine just for the sensors to do the same job now here's the problem when your dopamine sensors are are ruined they're basically shot um real life sex isn't going to give you the same rush as pornography does just because it's not unnatural it is a natural act so if your dopamine sensors are shrunken or atrophied and you go and try and have sex with a real life person that dopamine rush is so small compared to pornography so your ability to get an erection is hindered so so much and that's often why a lot of couples start watching porn together they use the excuse that they enjoy it, but really the the man can only get an erection because his dopamine sensors are so wonky that he he needs porn. So that's what's going on is there's other things like oxytocin and other chemicals, but dopamine 101, that's like the simplest way to explain it. We have basically um, deteriorated our brain. 
right? It's like, I've heard it was called, it's like a super stimulus and yes. um, it floods all those receptors. I mean, I, I've used the analogy sometimes of like, I don't know if you've ever done this, Sean, but say you eat a Snickers bar, a chocolate bar, and I don't know if you've ever tried this. You have that over like modified sugar, it's like our body's not actually in a natural yeah. sense designed to take that in. And then say you want to go have a, say a, you eat some fresh strawberries after that. They don't taste good because you've mm-hmm. flooded your, your senses with the sugar. And now you don't taste the, the, the goodness of those natural strawberries anymore. You can't enjoy them, right? Because you, you've been oh, eating. True. So, so it's such a great point there you're making. That's, that's very true. And I think sometimes we miss that, how that, that can really rewire us to not being able to even connect to reality in some sense, right? Absolutely. Um, so for you though, like what was kind of the process of dealing with erectile dysfunction? I mean, I, I, I was going to ask this, like, was it directly linked to your porn? habit. So what I mean by that is once you started moving in sobriety, freedom, did your ED just stop or what was kind of the, the journey there for you? Yeah, it's, it's such a good question. And it's a bit wonky because there's chemical induced erectile dysfunction, which we call porn induced erectile dysfunction. But then there's also this other area. I think this is probably why erectile dysfunction is often known as like an old man syndrome <laughs> is because a lot of people that you know, struggle with erectile dysfunction, maybe they didn't have pornography. And there's this other side of it that is called psychological impotence. I call it psychological ED. And it's basically this idea that it's our, our baggage, our, our traumas, our mindset, our attitude, our fears and expectations that actually continue to hinder. So with porn induced erectile dysfunction, when I quit porn, I definitely had some relief. Like I, I could get erections more naturally, But as I was free from pornography, I actually continued to struggle with psychological erectile dysfunction for actually a few years, which was really hard for me as I started coaching men to quit porn. Sometimes I just totally felt like, like, should I just quit doing this? Am I just like, I'm a total loser. And it was really hard, just that idea of our, our masculinity being affected if we can't get an erection. And it challenged me a lot. So there's kind of two pieces to the healing. The first one is looking at what was on my side to own and to share with my wife. And there's the other side, which is what was my wife's to own and share with me. I'm a big advocate and Helen and I both are together that ED is a much bigger problem when you're married or in a sexual relationship. So as an example, I had a lot of fears around what Helena thought about me. If I didn't get an erection, if I didn't, help her orgasm if i didn't this didn't that didn't that i had a lot of expectations on myself and on her and i assumed expectations that she had on me there was just a lot of lies about my own masculinity my own body and man when our head is flooded our mind is flooded with negativity lies and fears and anxiety the body just doesn't function like the body tenses up sex is all about it's supposed to be this beautiful act of being relaxed and serving and loving. And the reality is, is when we are living out of lies and fears, what are we doing? We're simply just thinking about ourselves the whole time. And that's not going to work because sex is about serving the other person. And anytime I thought about Helena, it was always like, she's going to hate me unless I get an erection. So it was impossible to have intimacy because everything I thought about was either I suck or she's going to think I suck. And that's just no state to live in. Right. 
And how, how did you guys move past that? I know we're moving to a marriage angle here, but I'm really curious. <laughs> how did, good, how did you guys All move good. past that? Cause uh, yeah. I, I can imagine that like um, you guys go to, have to make love and you have this kind of baggage from past experience together where you're feeling that shame, you're feeling pressure. And I know mentally that can be really challenging because you're right. Like you coming together to make love as husband and wife, it's this beautiful moment. And often we think it's this, this thing where we both are mentally at that state together. Mm. We're on the same page and that's the hope, but sometimes it doesn't always work that way. So how did you guys kind of work through that together? Yeah, it's a great question. And and yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that might be single or engaged, waiting till marriage. All of these steps are applicable. You just take out the other half um, because a lot of it is just doing thought work, looking at our belief system, looking at our assumptions and really allowing the Lord to speak into them and also letting someone else speak into them. So I, we actually created something called a sexual template, which was something that Neil and Cheryl actually were a big part of helping us start doing. And then also I hired another coach that walked me through some of the deeper things I was believing in my sex life. So that was kind of the beginning foundation but what it led into is something called the sexual template i actually have a mini course on helping uh, guys and couples walk through it because it helped us so tremendously basically it's six steps to open up space for conversations about basically the first step what are your goals and purpose for your sex life it's actually really neat to start there because a lot of people don't know even like what's the purpose of their marriage and sex life or even sex in general so starting with a purpose is kind of what we started talking about at the very beginning is that you need to have a vision a reason behind your recovery your relationship your desire so step number one is actually having a common goal a common purpose step number two is where it gets deep quickly that is basically like what is in the way what are the lies what are the fears what are the expectations what are the things that come to your mind that are not of god and actually having an open conversation that's there's no justifications there's no defensiveness there's no anger it's just listening to what's going on inside it's not an attack it's just saying this is what's going on in my mind when we initiate sex when we get into the bedroom when the clothes come off and it's amazing how how long that list can actually be that would be me doing that that would be helena doing that and we actually just throw down on paper everything that's in the way that goes on in our mind when sex is being initiated or talked about. And it's it's an incredible experience. It's, it's a bit scary because that's everything coming out. But if you can start that conversation with an openness, with no justification, it is incredibly therapeutic just to get all the junk out of the trunk for lack of better words. Step three is where it gets really beautiful. It's what is true and what is factual. And we actually go one by one through those lies, through those fears, through those expectations. And whatever I wrote down, Helena would speak truth and fact over them. And whatever she wrote down, I would speak truth and fact over them. And there's nothing better than hearing word for word what is true from your wife's mouth. You can assume what she thinks you can, but it's like when you hear it from her, oh, it is life changing. Wow. That is powerful because often I think you're, you're right in this, the sense that we assume what each other is thinking 
or what each other is feeling. And we don't ask those questions or we don't have that communication. And that creates these unsaid things yes. that can wreak havoc on our intimacy together. I love what you're talking about here. This is such a great resource. We're going to plug more of what you do, but secrethabit.ca, right? That's where you can find. That's the, right. Yeah. yeah. And this is just as you're sharing that, I'm like a few couple, uh, couples that we've coached, I'm like, they got to get into this. They got to get yeah. this coaching. And um, so thanks for putting this together because so many couples they try to suffer through this alone and don't have words or language or understanding. They need some help. Don't know where to turn. Don't know where to go. So this mm-hmm. is something that's so key um, right now for any married couple, I would say, because I think we often have unsaid things that we need to talk about. Um, maybe some things that from our past or, or whatever else. And yeah. we can always improve. I, I don't think we should stop growing, right? So that's the, <laughs> things like this. That's amazing. Yes, absolutely, man. There's three other steps, but there's actually a free preview. Um, we can get a link there if someone wants a free preview of the course. Or it's like it's like 49 bucks Canadian, so it's super inexpensive. Oh, totally. So I'm trying to make it available to anybody. Right. Yeah, that's super reasonable. And if you're American out there, that's really cheap for you. So, <laughs> so cheap. Yeah, so cheap. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good, thanks for doing that, uh, Sean, because I, I can sense your heart in this. So um, you just want, you guys just want to help. So really appreciate that. Um, the question yeah. out of this, because I know we could talk more about this, but I, I was also curious, coming back, let's backtrack a little bit. Specifically early on, you, you mentioned about revealing to Helena, um, uh, what was going on as far as your, your porn and, but when was really that point where you disclosed to her about that past and that struggle that you've had? Um, and even with ED, cause I'm sure that would be challenging point for you as well to, to navigate. Yeah. I always laugh and there's like our mantra for the secret habit podcast is let our failures be your success. So <laughs> right. when I look back at our story, like, it was actually after I quit porn, Helena and I sat on our bed one night and just unloaded all the stuff from our past that we could remember. And that's not recommended because we A, left stuff out, B, weren't quite ready for that, and C, would never coach anyone to do it that way. So the way we did it was not at all something we would uh, encourage, but man, that's how good God is. He'll use that and say, hey, Love your heart for willing to do that, but let, let's learn the, the steps a little bit further. So it's been one of those things that thank God, like when we did that, there was freedom. So there wasn't like a scattered disclosure as we call it when someone continues to relapse after they've done that unloading. So painful because it's it's like that um, ripping off duct tape a thousand times on your wife's arm. It's just going to get worse and worse. So super grateful for that. But as we healed further in our recovery, we went from sobriety to freedom. We always talk about when you enter freedom, you just realize more stuff. And we had created safer and safer places in our marriage to share, hey, this story is coming up right now. We did some amazing training about a year and a half ago with husband material, Drew Boa, and went through his certification course. And my wife and I did it together. And there was a trauma story that came from me. The Lord just was like, I am Sean, you're ready to deal with this now. And it was heavy. Like I had never actually had so much shame around a story in, in the last five years. So that was heavy duty. So that's a bit about how we did it. Totally not the way to do it. What we teach now is, is would be a full disclosure. You can look at the therapeutic full disclosure and go the route through a professional counselor and do the 
the polygraph and all that stuff. I think it's amazing. I just actually helped a client who was working with Hope Ray, who's just an expert in this area. And it was amazing to see how she handles it. We would do it probably in a little bit of a simpler fashion based on some of the things we learned through Pure Desire and some of the things that we wish we did differently. And I've done about six disclosures Basically, the, the process of that is actually working one-on-one -on -one with the man to go through his story. We're not just writing down his sexual history. We're actually learning about how he came to that place of being addicted to pornography, being addicted to sex and having these struggles, not as an excuse, but as a way to show his wife that he's actually not just admitting to his fault, he's learning about where they come from. It opens up a door for ownership for repentance and for reconciliation that we have seen to be so beautiful. And it's not like the wife is just excited after for say, but she actually sees a picture of a man who is for the first time taking full ownership of not just what he's done, but where he came from and where he's going. And it is really beautiful. So that process can be anywhere between probably, you know, four to eight weeks where we go through the prepare preparation. We have the disclosure session and then we have some follow-up as well. My wife was doing that with the spouse as well. She's been on maternity leave. So as she's been gone, it's been a little bit of a challenging dynamic, but that's how we walk through helping someone admit their their struggle their addiction but also figure out the story behind it so we're a big advocate of that of being really holistic in healing and repairing a marriage well thank you for thinking this through and journeying in this because I, I like you i think that a lot of us stumbled forward a little bit and mm -hmm. we learned what to do and what and what not to do right <laughs> and yes. so now we can turn around and give a little bit better to the people that are kind of coming up and in recovery um, right now. So uh, that's kind of what I'm getting from that. So I really appreciate that because I think often we think we got to figure this out on our own. But what I'm catching from what you're saying is the importance of getting help and yeah. having people come alongside because our ideas about this often are informed by maybe misinformation in, in our own lives or misunderstanding. And like you said, staggered or scattered confession. That happens all the time that we hear about, and it's yes. so damaging. So if we can do things to mitigate that, not go there, but have a really important and healthy full disclosure in the right proper way, man, then we can really get on the right path towards freedom and healing. So I think that what you're sharing 100%. is so, so key. So we were talking a little bit before we, we jumped on, but what do you got on your plate right now? Like you're talking about those training videos. I would love to hear more yeah. about some of the things that you're entering into right now. Yeah, man. So I've been coaching guys one-on-one -on -one for just over three years now, and I've looked at all the programs, my own healing journey, and I've been coaching through my curriculum for the three years. And what I've been finding is like, I share kind of the same content all the time. And there's a, there's actually less time for the coaching. If you think about, I got to share content and then coach. So I'm actually putting all I know into 21 videos right now is going to be called the secret habit recovery accelerator. It's going to be 21 recovery videos, walking through the principle stack of how to live a life on principle, walking through how to develop self-awareness and become vulnerable, how to journal, looking at the biblical foundations of how to heal with Christ being the lead. That's right from my story, looking at like the brain triggers, like the, the things that are conflicting in your life. And then we're going to go deep into the story healing of 
what happened in terms of your traumas? How do you deal with those? How do you, you know, looking at shame, looking at all the areas from the past that are rearing their head today. And then we're going to look at spiritual healing, like soul ties and attachments, unforgiveness, walking through negative core beliefs and renewing our belief system. And then ending on basically living a life of freedom. What does that look like? How to be healthy, how to live a life of delight, self-care and freedom for a greater purpose not just freedom from porn but now freedom for something greater so i've been talking about that stuff for years and years and i finally decided to put it in a video course so guys can have it 24 7 they don't need to pay my one-on-one fee and with that i have a virtual private community and then also group coaching is going to be two group coaching calls per week one will be strictly focused on community and connection because the opposite of addiction is connection and then one of them will be strictly focused on coaching teaching and just open q a so that guys are getting weekly coaching weekly community and it's an evergreen model so it's not just like hey here's 15 weeks we're going to run through this curriculum and then after 15 weeks we'll never see you again it's evergreen so you stay as long as you need there'll never be a rip a repeated session because it's whatever the guys need on a tuesday night or a saturday morning and that's the cool thing about it and because it's this model it's much more affordable than any one-on-one coaching i've ever been able to do I love that evergreen. I love that term. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can stay. From, uh, friend Sophia. Yeah, that's great. Oh, Sophia's great. We had him on a little while ago. But uh, yeah. I, man, this is so awesome. I love what you're doing because just just sharing that is so hope filled. And 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 I think that there's so many people out there. It's a breath of fresh air for them because they're like, there is a community out there. I can join um, and there's mm. a place that I can get help. There's others like me. There's people that have gone before me that are free. How hopeful is that? Because I think when I was struggling with porn, even probably when you were as well, Sean, you're like, where do I go? Where is the help? Oh, every and day. It's, it's, you get very hopeless feeling, but to know that there's things out there, there's men like you and there's people doing things like this. So thanks for that, Sean. Um, I know we mentioned a little bit about your website, but where else can we find you? Yeah, the Secret Habit Podcast would be a great place if you want to get to know myself and Helena better. We release a podcast every Tuesday, and the whole purpose of that show is to help people love stronger, laugh harder, and sex better. And you really, it's just that idea of our failures are your success. So we talk very openly very candidly and we we have some fun as well so we just recorded yesterday uh the the biology of an orgasm and how to actually move towards satisfying sex so we're talking about topics that often don't get much airtime, and it's just fun so that would be the best place you can find us on any platform or secrethabit.ca slash podcast you can hop on secrethabit.ca and there'll be a pop-up that comes up and you'll you can get a free coaching video from me on understanding your triggers how to become more curious about the story behind your traumas and your addiction so that's a great option for you as well then on instagram secret habit life coaching we release a weekly reel try to have as much fun with those as we can and make them educational but if you want a good laugh and to follow a couple who who maybe has what you're looking for we're just a step ahead we're not any better we've just done it longer we love to be able to inspire people through our story and you know make it fun and laughable because it's not a fun topic for a lot of people so we try and make it fun the best we can Wow. Well, thank you. Everybody out there listening, please check out those resources. They're great. And I'm going to actually listen to that podcast, Sean. I, I'm very awesome. interested. That's great. Uh, the particular one in particular about the orgasm, because you're right. These are things that aren't really talked about. So love that you guys are doing that, uh, you and Helena. And thank you. 
for doing this and stepping out in such a, a powerful way. I know a lot of people don't put up their hands for stuff like this, but thank you for being obedient and doing this and, and changing lives in this, this way. So thank you so much for being on as well. Yeah, you're welcome, man. And thank you for the chance to bless your community. It really is a privilege every time I get to do this stuff and hang out with cool dudes like you. <laughs> totally. Loved it. Loved it. Uh, Matt really missed out. So if you're listening out there, buddy, you missed out. But hey, whatever. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. Really appreciate you. And we will have to chat soon again. I really, really love your heart and, and what's going on. And we'll, we'll have to have you on again here soon. Thanks, brother. Looking forward to it. We'll get Helen on next time. That would be great. We would love that. We would love that. We'll make it happen. But anyways, thank you so much, Sean. And for everybody out there listening, thank you for listening to us. And we will have another great one next week. But if you're wondering where to find us, uh, again, on all the platforms, Pure Victory Podcast, and we appreciate your support. Leave us a like, a five star. It really helps get the word out there. So thank you for doing that. And we hope you have a great week and a great day. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.